Welcome to Straight Up Small Business, the podcast for startup and scaling up entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level of profit. I'm Beck Buchanan, an accountant turned virtual bookkeeping business owner. I'm super passionate about small business and helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their numbers in order to achieve their goals. If you ever feel confused, unsure, or overwhelmed about the financial side of your business, then you've come to the right place. This podcast covers bookkeeping, finance, and small business topics discussed in a straight up way. My goal for each bite-sized episode is to inform and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business backed by financial know-how so you can create the business of your dreams. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes and let's dive in. Before we kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the Bundjalung Nation, whose country I am on while recording this episode. I respect their elders from the past, present, and those emerging as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land. So wherever you're listening to this today, I acknowledge the lands on which you are and those First Nations people who lived and worked there for over 70,000 years. Hello and welcome back to the Straight Up Small Business Podcast. This is episode 78. If you're a regular listener, you will know that I often link my podcast topics to what I'm working on in my bookkeeping business at any point in time. And today is no exception. We at Straight Up Bookkeeping are knee deep in business activity statements for the June 2023 quarter. And we're also doing installment activity statements for the July 2023 month. And in my chats with clients and other business owners and even friends, I've come to realize that the term activity statement can baffle some people as to what it includes and entails. Even business owners who have been submitting activity statements for many years still sometimes get confused about what it's all about. So I thought I would do a short and sharp explainer episode on what activity statements are, what they include, when they are due and how to lodge them. I hope that by the end of this episode, you are laser clear on the term activity statement and can bust out from the confusion. Activity statements are forms used by the Australian Taxation Office or the ATO to report various tax obligations. They are used to detail your business activity for the period in question and declare the amount of tax you owe the ATO or any refunds that the ATO owes you. The two main types of activity statements are number one, business activity statements or BAS and two, installment activity statements or IASs. Let's start with business activity statements. Business activity statements are for GST registered businesses only. These statements report on goods and services tax or GST, pay as you go withholding tax, pay as you go installment tax, and other indirect taxes like luxury car tax and wine equalization tax if they're applicable in your business. I'm going to step through the main touch points of the BAS based on what I've seen for hundreds of small businesses that I've submitted them for over the last four years, as I suspect that this will be most of you listening and what you need to hear about. Starting with GST, a BAS requires you to state your sales for the BAS period and any GST you collected from customers or clients on those sales. It also requires you to state any GST on purchases you made during that period. 
Whilst you need to disclose GST on sales and GST on expenses separately to the ATO, it's the net of these two amounts that needs to be paid to the ATO or refunded by the ATO to you. So for example, if the GST you collected on your sales was $100 and the GST you paid on your expenses was $80, then you would only need to pay the ATO $20, which is the net GST of those two amounts. There are two methods of accounting for GST, a cash basis and a non-cash basis, also known as accruals. Cash basis means the GST has been received or paid. So cash has come into your bank account or left your bank account for GST. Non-cash basis means GST has been recognized for sales or expenses in your business, but it hasn't necessarily left your bank account. So for a sale, you may have invoiced the sale, but not received the funds from your client or customer. And for expenses, you may have recognized a bill in your accounting software, which has GST on it, but you haven't necessarily paid that bill. As I'm sure you can appreciate, it's important that your GST reporting is correct so that you are submitting complete and accurate figures to the ATO. GST theory is beyond the scope of this podcast, but to give you some thinking prompts whilst you're listening, only sales connected with Australia should have GST charged on them, and some products and services are GST free within Australia. If GST-free relates to your business, then it's important you understand when to charge GST and when not to. In terms of GST on expenses, the answer is almost always on a tax invoice. So be sure to obtain one of those for all of your business expenses and take note of the GST as documented on the tax invoice. In fact, to claim back GST on expenses from the ATO, you are legally required to possess a tax invoice for the expense if it's over $82.50, including GST. If a supplier is not registered for GST, then you can't claim GST on what you paid them and you should never assume they are or aren't registered. We use the ABM lookup form, which you can just Google it. Uh, We use this regularly to check GST registrations on invoices from suppliers for ourselves and our clients. Just today, I came across a supply invoice that said GST is not applicable on it. Yet when I looked up their ABN, they have been registered for GST for many years. In order for my client to claim GST on that expense that they've paid per the supply invoice, we're going to need to get an invoice from the supplier stating that GST was included or the GST amount. We will also need to check with that supplier whether they have been paying GST on their sales because it's certainly not disclosed on the invoices they're sending to my client. As you can see, a lot can be gleaned from looking closely at a tax invoice, but I don't want to go too far from the topic here. So have a look at the tax invoice, only claim GST as disclosed on that tax invoice, and be sure to look up the ABN of your supplier to check that everything's in order. Okay, so moving on to the next component of a business activity statement, which is pay-as-you-go withholding tax. This will mainly be relevant for employers who withhold tax from pay runs on behalf of their employees so that their employees don't have a big tax bill at end of financial year. The term PAYW, which stands for pay-as-you-go withholding tax, can be confusing for some people, so let me give a bit of an illustration. If you've ever been an employee or you are an employee at the moment, you will know on your payslip that you have your gross income, which is say your hours that you've worked times your hourly rate, 
less your tax, so this tax is withheld from your pay that lands in your bank account, plus your superannuation, which is then paid away to your super fund. Well, imagine you're on the employer's side now. That tax that was withheld on your payslip needs to be kept by the employer and paid to the ATO on your behalf. This is what the business activity statement facilitates. It allows employers to report to the ATO the amount of PAYGW that they have kept on behalf of their staff and allows them to pay it away to the ATO on a periodic basis. Okay. In terms of pay-as-you-go withholding tax on a business activity statement, you are also meant to withhold tax from supplier payments if the supplier doesn't provide you with an ABN in relation to that supply. Usually, if this ever happens, I contact the supplier, ask them to give me their ABN and resubmit a tax invoice. So I'm not regularly uh, filling in this part of a business activity statement, but I thought it's worth mentioning that that is disclosure on the activity statement should it be relevant for your business. The next part of the business activity statement is the pay-as-you-go installment tax. So it's still got the acronym PAYG, but instead of PAYGW, it's PAYGI for installment. This is a payment made to the ATO ahead of time against a future tax bill, an income tax bill. If you're a sole trader or partner in a partnership, it's an installment towards your personal tax bill. If the BAS that you're filling in relates to a company, then the pay-as-you-go instalment will relate to the company tax bill. There are two calculation options for this instalment. Number one is the ATO suggested instalment, which will be based on last year's tax return. And number two is an option called income times rate. So for option one, which is the easiest method because you are just filling in what the ATO tells you to, this is calculated based on your prior year tax return. So if you had a tax bill of $12,000 last year, for example, the ATO will suggest that you pay regular installments this financial year that also amounts to $12,000 across the year. For a quarterly business activity statement, the ATO would ask that you pay $3,000 per quarter as a pay-as-you-go installment because $12,000 divided by four quarters equals $3,000. And you can even vary the amount if you think what the ATO have suggested is too high or too low. You just need to submit a valid reason for the variation and a common one is often disclosed as change in trading conditions. So say last year you're making a profit and this year you're making a loss because of something that's happened in your business, you could vary your installment and state change in trading conditions. However, if your tax isn't predictable like option one assumes because your income changes a lot, you can opt for option two and calculate your installment. And for some businesses, the HO will actually require them to use this option, but That can be out of scope for this podcast. So option two means the amount you pay will go up and down in line with your income. In this method, you calculate the amount to pay by multiplying an installment rate that the ATO will give you based on your most recent tax return by your business and investment income. I'm getting a bit technical now, but just know there are options for submitting and paying your tax installment. And the most common method used is option one, and this will be laid out in your activity statement and pre-filled by the ATO if you have submitted a tax return in prior years. 
Whichever option you choose, it will not change how much income tax you pay for the year. When you lodge your tax return, your pay-as-you-go installments are credited against your income tax liability and the ATO refunds any excess and you pay any shortfall. So it all works out in the wash, as they say. It's worth noting, though, that if it's your first year in business, you will not have an installment amount as the ATO doesn't know about your tax situation yet. And it also follows that last year may not be a good proxy for this year. So to recap, there are three main components of a business activity statement. GST, pay-as-you-go withholding tax or PAYGW, and pay-as-you-go installment tax or PAYGI. In terms of lodgement regularity, if your turnover is less than $20 million, then you can submit your business activity statement quarterly. If your turnover is above this, then you have to submit monthly. You can submit annually only if you are voluntarily registered for GST and your GST turnover is less than $75,000 per year or $150,000 if you're a not-for-profit. Quarterly business activity statements are by far the most common for small businesses. It's what me in my bookkeeping business spends all my time doing and that of my staff. The quarterly due date is the 28th of the month following the end of the quarter, except for the December quarter where the due date is 28th of February to allow time for Christmas holidays and and the summer period. However, if a BAS or tax agent is submitting on your behalf, then an extra month is given. So a June BAS, for example, would be due for you on the 28th of July if you're submitting it yourself. But if someone is submitting it on your behalf, then you have until the 28th of August. Moving on to installment activity statements. So these statements, known for short as IASs, are forms used by taxpayers who are not registered for GST and have installment or withholding obligations. These forms are also used by entities that prepare quarterly business activity statements because they're GST registered and need to do that, but they are required to remit their pay-as-you-go withholding tax on a monthly basis because they are known as a medium withholder. Medium withholders are those businesses who withhold between $25,000 and $1 million per year in tax on behalf of employees or other withholding obligations. To give you an idea of taxpayers who would need to submit an IAS, think about sole traders and partners in partnerships who are not employees in their businesses and thus they are not having tax withheld on their wages and salaries. Rather, they take drawings and distributions from their business and they need to pay tax on this in another way. These taxpayers still need to submit an annual tax return and pay tax, so the IAS is how they report on their earnings and likely tax throughout the year to the ATO. The instalment calculation in the IAS is the same as I described in the business activity statement section in that there are two methods. Number one, the ATO suggested instalment, which is based on last year's tax return, and the second method being the income times rate. You are free to vary the instalment if your situation has changed during the year. The ATO just wants you to pay instalments towards your year-end tax bill so that at the end of the year you aren't hit with a large tax bill that you can't pay. That's it. 
Also needing to submit an IAS would be a business who has staff and withholds tax on their staff payments, but isn't registered for GST. Therefore, they don't need to submit a business activity statement because as we know by now, business activity statements are only for GST registered businesses. The IAS is how they communicate and pay the withholding tax they withheld from their staff wages to the ATO. And lastly, as I said earlier, and I feel like I'm repeating myself a bit now, so hopefully this is really drumming it in, some businesses who are registered for GST and submitting quarterly business activity statements will also need to submit monthly instalment activity statements if they are considered medium withholders. This is actually the case for a lot of our clients who need to submit quarterly BASAs for GST and pay-as-you-go instalment purposes, but also need to submit a monthly IAS for the pay-as-you-go withholding purposes because they have many staff and or high wages and fall into the medium withholder category. In terms of due dates, monthly instalment activity statements are due on the 21st of the month following the reporting month. So the July IAS is due on the 21st of August, for example, and quarterly activity statements are due on the 28th of the month following the end of the quarter. You can lodge your activity statements in the following ways. You can do it via your online accounting software like Xero. You can do it directly from the platform. Or you can do it through your MyGov account if you're an individual taxpayer. Or you can do it through the ATO's online business portal. Or you can get a registered tax or BAS agent to do it on your behalf. And note that even if you can't pay your activity statement by the due date, the ATO requests that you still lodge it on time. This will give you certainty of your position with the ATO and it shows that you're aware of your obligations and you're doing your best to meet them. And the ATO may well charge you a failure to lodge penalty if you do not lodge on time. So let that be a motivator to you. Okay, so to wrap this up, let me quickly summarize. There are two types of activity statements, a BAS and an IAS, which stands for Business Activity Statement and Installment Activity Statement. BASs are for entities that are registered for GST. And on a business activity statement, there is a GST component, a pay-as-you-go withholding tax component, and a pay-as-you-go installment tax component. Installment activity statements are for taxpayers that are not registered for GST and have a pay-as-you-go installment obligation or a pay-as-you-go withholding tax obligation. IASs are also required to be submitted by GST registered businesses who are medium pay-as-you-go withholders, which means they are withholding more than $25,000 per year and under $1 million per year. The ATO doesn't want to wait to the end of the quarter to hear about your withholding obligations or to have you pay them. That's it. There's a lot there. I hope I've helped you to understand activity statements a little better. When you look at them, it is a little bit hard to describe them verbally over a podcast. If you had an activity statement in front of you, it would be much easier to understand and go through. But hopefully having listened to this podcast, when you next look at an activity statement, you will understand the components more easily and not be confused by them at all. Good luck if you're doing your activity statements right now and to all the bookkeepers and tax agents out there, all the best uh, over the next month as we get them all finalized. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. 
And if you're not already, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is straight up underscore bookkeeping. And if you'd like to know more about how I can help you be successful in running your small business, please check out my website, straightupbookkeeping.com.au for details around my signature bookkeeping and zero course, Bookkeeping It Real, and also my done for you bookkeeping services. Thanks again and see you next week.